Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. What you'll find here are some recent musings about the God of the Bible and living in such a way as to bring him pleasure. Happy musing. I've been making a, a new friend in San Francisco's Tenderloin. Let's call him Stan. And Stan opened up his life a bit to me the other day. The TL, as we call it, is a is a really bad neighborhood with a bunch of really bad stuff happening in it. I'd say it's full of bad people doing the bad stuff, but that would be both redundant and superfluous since we're all bad. Bad on the inside and on the out though some of us are getting better while others are staying the same or getting worse. Anyway, Stan told me that about 20 years ago when he was dealing dope and ripping people off in another city, he murdered two people. In spite of the state of his heart at the time, he was conscience-stricken, so much so that he turned himself in and did did 12 years in a federal prison And since then, he's spent all these years in another prison called Guilt and Shame for how he stole those lives and shattered their families and friends. I asked him if he'd asked God for forgiveness, and he said he had, but had no sense of relief from the daily bone-grinding shame of it. I spoke to Stan for quite some time about how Jesus was willing to carry our shame and cleanse us from its stink. If it was sinking in, it, was, it wasn't particularly apparent to me, so I went away, honored that my new acquaintance would be so vulnerable with me, but very burdened about the burden he was trying to carry for so many years. It got me to thinking about how all of my street people friends and acquaintances, both housed and unhoused, Uh, are weighed down with shame and regrets for horrible mistakes made in their pasts. The next time I had an opportunity to preach in the TL during one of our sidewalk services, I gave a message called Shame Off You. Here's the gist of it in its kind of raw and street preachy first person form. How many of you have heard these words, shame on you? You're shameful. You should be ashamed of yourself. I know of a very wealthy man who pursued, slept with, and impregnated the wife of one of his best employees, and then to cover it up, he had her husband murdered. To make things worse, he was a God-fearing man and a well-respected leader in his community. And when confronted with his sin, he felt gut-punched guilt over what he had done. And with that kind of sin on his conscience, he should have been ashamed. He He had shamed his family and shamed his friends and shamed his God. Shame on him. And I can relate to that kind of shame and and the intense sense of regret for my many mistakes. I have so many I wish I would'as and I wish I wouldn't'as. My countless sins throughout my life come back to haunt me sometimes. Shame is like repeated kicks in the solar plexus with a steel tip boot. It's agony and leaves me in gasping for breath. King David, of course, is the man that I'm talking about. When he got finally got around to repenting of his sin 
and unburdening his soul to God. He wrote a prayer about it in his musical journal called the Psalms, and this is the 51st of those songs called Psalms. It goes like this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all of my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you're proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inward parts. You teach me wisdom, cleanse me uh, with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, and let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Now that's how to deal with guilt and shame. That's how we're supposed to approach God with our sins. And until we do, we're going to be dragging heavy bags of our mistakes around with us wherever we go. Only God can free us from the shame of both what we've done and what's been done to us. Have mercy on me, wash me, cleanse me, create in me a pure heart. That's the prescription for getting shame off of us. People are going to shame say to us, shame on you, but God says, shame off you. Well, living with my shame is like trying to drive a car while looking backward in the rearview mirror instead of forward. My eye is always on my past stupidities while careening into danger. Living in shame is tripping on what's past, and when you do that, you tend to run into things in the present. The longer you're fixated on what's been, the more things you run into in what is. That just creates an endless cycle of destruction. We've all done things for which we're guilty, and unless we let go of the past and look forward, we'll keep doing stuff that shames us. This makes us even more apt to keep looking back in shame instead of ahead with faith. The longer we let shame dominate us, the more apt we are to crash and burn. If you hold on to your sins instead of bringing them to God, you're doomed to either repeat your mistakes over and over, or you'll feel so ashamed about your sins that you refuse to do anything at all of much worth in your life. That's where a lot of us are in that boat moored to the dock. We figure we're pretty, pretty much worthless anyway, so why even attempt to pick ourselves up and try to live in a worthwhile way? To God, yes, we're unworthy, but worthless? Absolutely not. You're worth so much to him that he gave his most valued possession to purchase you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die in your place, to rise again, and to offer you a totally clean slate along with a 
a pure conscience. Have you ever driven a car at night and had some idiot following close behind you with his high beams on? All you can see is the annoying glare in your mirror. It blinds you so much you can hardly see in front of you. Well, shame is like that, and the devil loves to remind you and torment you with what you've done in the past. You can't change the past. You can't turn off the other guy's high beams, but there is something you can do. Even God can't change the past, but he can change how it influences us. The past doesn't have to blind you or bind you. Jesus, in his infinite mercy, pulls up in between you and those glaring guilt lights. He passes high beam guy and pulls in between you and him. He puts himself in the middle, absorbing the shame of your past in his perfect self. The past itself is still there, but he comes in between and makes it so we can see what's ahead, so we can go forward again. So you say, but I shamed myself. It's all my fault. I brought this guilt on myself by using, by dealing, by cheating, by conning, by stealing. I got other people hooked so I could pay for my habit. I beat people down, lied to them, neglected my family, abused my wife and my children, and ruined people's lives. It's all on me. I did it. I can't take it back. Yeah, that's all true. And like David, you have no one to blame but yourself. And you're right. You can't get it back. It's done. And there's nothing going to change that. But I do have great news for you. You can't change the past, but you can get free from it. There's freedom from the shame of the past, and it's called forgiveness. And that's why Jesus suffered judgment in your place to take away the guilt of your past. He doesn't rewrite history, but changes your relationship to it. Jesus pulled in between you and your shame. He took the impact of your shame on himself when he died. He absorbs your guilt and dealt with it. That's not only good news, it's the best news I know. Someone else says, yeah, but not only did I shame myself, but I w I've been shamed by other people. I was beaten, I was raped, I was abused and neglected by other people. Shame I feel from their abuse seems as foul as if I had done it to myself. Though those soul-sickening things done to you were not your fault, you're right, the stink of shame still sticks to you. You're not guilty before God for those things anymore, but you feel it as though you were. The shame you feel, even though it wasn't your doing, makes you feel as though it was. You still feel foul and worthless for the crap that people heaped on you and that's exactly what it was crap and what's the worst part of getting crap on you it's the stink see that's the devil's plan to get you to stink if not to others at least to yourself he wants to get you in the sewer one way or the other he'll either lure you into the sewage or get someone else to shovel some of it on you either way you end up smelling bad Shame stinks. I've noticed that even when you get cleaned up from something foul smelling, you can still sometimes smell it. It's in your smeller. I worked on a cattle ranch when I was a kid with the highly venerable task of repeatedly putting shovel to manure. But it was the smell that I, 
I could smell even when I was away from it that inspired me toward a different career path. I'd get all cleaned up at the end of the day, but the neurons in my brain wouldn't let go of the stink. The stink had been on me, and even though I got it washed off, there was still something in me that made me feel like I still stunk. Shame is like that. The stink is either on you because of your unforgiven state or it's in you and even though you're forgiven, you can't seem to let go of it. Again, good news, my friends. There is a way. And by the way, the only way to get the smell of shame off you and it's Jesus. His blood not only takes the shame off you, but also out of you. If you'll trust him to forgive you, your shame will slide off you in a moment of time. And then if you persist in trusting him, that he really does forgive you and has cleansed you from all your sin, you'll find that the smell in your smeller will subside. More and more will you experience the peace that comes from knowing in your knower that God wants you. God loves you, and God forgives you and releases you from your shame. If you'll let him, Jesus will wash you from both what's on you and what's in you. You can't shake it off. You can't pretend it off. You can't drink it off. You can't inhale it off or exhale it off, but he can wash it off. Shame off you, my friends. Shame off you in Jesus' name.